This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka wa anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim. My brothers and sisters, inshallah ta'ala, we will be continuing our series uh, discussing the major sins in Islam. And today we're going to discuss uh, the sin of killing unjustly or murder. And most of the ahadith that you will come across where the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the kabair, the major sins, or he himself was telling the Sahaba about the major sins, he would always include murder. The life uh, of the human is something that Allah has gifted, it is sacred. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمَ And we have honored the son of Adam, the human. He's honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and among this honor is that his life is sacred, and his blood cannot be spilt unjustly. This is why you will find many hadith and many ayats in the Quran and the Sunnah discussing the, uh, the sacredness and the sanctity of life in general. And if you... Look at the story that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us about uh, the two sons of Adam in Surah Al-Ma'idah, where the, these two sons of Adam, or Habil and Qabil, they were they offered an offering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is a backstory to this, and perhaps this is not where you would expand upon this story, but uh, to sum it up, the, uh, Qabil was jealous of his brother. And he was jealous of his brother, Ibn Abbas narrates that he was jealous because of the person that he married uh, was beautiful and he wanted to marry her instead. And this ingrained in him an envy, a jealousy and anger. And when they came to their father Adam, uh, the Prophet Adam, the first human being, he told them to make an offering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that offering will then dictate what will happen after. So each one of them made an offering, and Allah talks about in the Quran, قَرَّبَ قُرْبَانًا فَتُقُبِّلَ مِنْ أَحَدِهِمَا وَلَمْ يُتَقَبَّلْ مِنَ الْآخَرِ So they gave this offering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and one of them was accepted, and the other was not. So the offering, or the sacrifice, was accepted from Habil and not from Qabil. And this is also a story that's referenced in the Bible, the story of Cain and Abel. So this envy, this hatred, this anger, and now his offering and his worship not being accepted. Uh, why was it not accepted? Allah says in the Quran, Allah only accepts it from those people who have taqwa. And he did not have taqwa, so his ibad, his worship, his offering was not accepted. This then resulted in him getting angry, getting envious, and then deciding that he was going to kill his brother. And this was the first time such a sin happened. So... Allah tells us about this story, how the brother that refused to kill his brother, that, ref- that whose offering was accepted, Habil said, If you extend your hand to try and murder me, I will not do the same. I fear Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And then of course, his nafs and his desire to murder and to kill and, and his anger just overtook him. And this is why we should never listen uh, to uh, our desires when they tell us to do something that is negative, something that is not allowed. Uh, to finish the story, he ended up murdering his own brother. 
And this is a sin that he is bearing. And he's not only bearing the sin of murdering his brother, he's also going to be bearing the sins of those who commit murder after him. For the one who starts a way that is wrong, whoever uh, sets an example of that which is haram, that which is incorrect, and then others follow in suit, you will bear their sin as well. This is why it is extremely important that you do not become someone who sets an example of doing something that is bad or haram or incorrect. And because then those that follow you in that, you will carry the burden of that sin, while they will also be carrying the burden of their own sin. And the same thing goes for those that set a good example. Allah will reward them for the people that follow in the good that they have set and done. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then after telling us the story, tells us something amazing. Allah says, مِنْ أَجْلِ ذَلِكَ كَتَبْنَا عَلَى بَنِ إِسْرَائِيلَ أَنَّهُمْ مَنَقَتَى نَفْسًا بِغَيْرِ نَفْسٍ أَوْ فَسَادٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَكَأَنَّمَا قَتَلَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Because of this, because of what? Because of the story that happened, because of the murder that took place between Qabir and Ahabir, Allah said, we have ordained upon the children of Israel, we have ordained upon the people of the book, Bani Israel, that the one who takes a life, the one who takes a life unjustly, that is uh, taken a life without just cause, without it being a punishment for, for murder or for corruption, spreading corruption on the earth, Allah says, this person is as if he killed all of mankind. So from here we learn the importance of preserving life and the hideous sin of taking a life. And Allah is equating one life as if it is taking all human beings' lives. And what's interesting is, you will find within the Qur'an, when Allah speaks about murder, in many ayat, Allah speaks about the, the sin of taking a life without just cause. And Allah does never specify, in some of these ayat, Allah does not specify whether that life was a Muslim or non-Muslim. And this is because life is sacred within itself. And it cannot be taken without legal right, without just cause, without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowing it. And from this we also understand that in certain cases and certain circumstances, life can be taken. And this is why, and that life that can be taken sometimes can be Muslim and sometimes can be non-Muslim. But the sacredness and the sanctity goes for both. This is why Muslims' lives, non-Muslims' lives, they are all things that we cannot transgress upon. You cannot take another person's life. You cannot kill someone else. And if you do, you will be held accountable. And Allah says it is as if you have killed all of mankind. And whoever preserves it, whoever is as if he preserved all of life as well. And here you see the importance of preserving life. And from this you understand an Islamic principle. And that is the preservation of life. It is such an important principle that is embedded within our religion. And it's from the objectives of the Sharia, the maqasid of the Sharia to protect life. Why do you think we're not allowed to smoke? We're not allowed to drink alcohol? We're not allowed to harm ourselves? Why is it that within Islam so many things are prohibited from us because they harm us? You're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to harm yourself or others. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith that it is also a legal maxim, la darara wa la dirara. There is no harming, no reciprocating of harm. In fact, Islam came to reduce or to eliminate all things that harm you. So, this is why killing unjustly is among the most major sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Furqan, when he was talking about 
the ibad rahman in surah al-furqan allah talks about a people that he called the servants of the most merciful and allah tells us about the descriptions that they have and who they were and allah mentions many great qualities that these people have the true servants of allah and among their qualities are وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَدْعُونَ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخر. They are those who do not call upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or they do not call upon besides Allah. وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ And they do not kill the life that Allah has made haram meaning Allah has made sacred. إخواني في الله the word haram it means that which is sacred. Why do you think we call uh, the masjid the masjid al-haram? Or we, we are now in the midst of Ashurul Hurum, the sacred months. The sacred months. Ashurul Hurum. Ashurul Haram. It means that which you cannot transgress upon, that which is protected, that which you cannot uh, do as you please with. And this is why when things are prohibited, we call them haram. Because we're not, we can't use them or do with them as we please, right? This is very important to understand. So, my brothers and sisters, uh, Allah says, Describing the qualities of the believers, they do not kill or take the life except with legal right, with just cause. And they do not commit zina. So we understand from this, among the qualities of the true believers is, they do not transgress upon others taking their lives. In Surah Isra, Allah mentions a, a list of prohibitions. And among them is, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ And do not take the life that Allah has made sacred. Again, Allah does not specify here whether that life is a Muslim or a non-Muslim. And we will, we will address the life of the Muslim and the non-Muslims in detail later on. طيب. Then you have, إخواني في الله, uh, in Surah, similarly in Surah An'am, Allah discusses things He has made haram and includes among that the murder, whether that is the murder of, of children, adults. Murder in general, ikhwani fillah, is something that is highly frowned upon and is among the major sins within Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about it in the Quran and the Prophet in many ahadith spoke about it. The other thing, ikhwani fillah, to notice or to know is that during the end times, the Prophet sallallahu made a prediction, a prophecy. He said, uh, the yawm al-qiyamah will not happen unless certain signs take place. Among the signs of judgment day being near is that killing will be widespread. The Prophet said there will be harj. And the companions asked, what is harj, Ya Rasulullah? And he said, this is killing. So killing will become widespread. And this is something that many of us can see today. There are many people that are being killed unjustly all over the world. And of course, these are among the signs of the hereafter. And the Prophet said in that same hadith that ignorance will be widespread and that knowledge will be taken and that killing will also become uh, widespread. May Allah protect us and protect all of us. Barakallahu feekum. Tayyib. So here we understand the prohibition of taking a life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then also specifically has spoke about the believer's life and how it is such a heinous sin to take the Muslim's life. And similarly, Allah or the Prophet some hadith spoke about the non-Muslim life separately. So the ayahs that we just referred to, النفس التي تقتل بغير حق, the life that is taken unjustly, it involves Muslim and non-Muslims alike, right? And then Allah spoke specifically in Surah An-Nisa about the killing of a believer. 
أن الله سبحانه وتعالى سيد ومن يقتل مؤمنا متعمدا فجزاؤه جهنم خالدا فيها وغضب الله عليه ولعنه وأعد له عذابا عظيما Allah said whoever kills a believer متعمدا on purpose Here we understand that sometimes killing can happen that, that is not on purpose and This is known as killing accidentally right? And that has different rulings within Islam And if you do that by accident And there are certain ramifications and consequences as well But it is not the same as when you do it on purpose So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said مَنْ يَقْتُلْ مُؤْمِنًا مُتَعَمِّدًا Whoever kills a believer on purpose فَجَزَاؤُهُ جَهَنَّمْ His punishment will be the hellfire خَالِدًا فِيهَا And he will abide in there forever Subhanallah خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ And Allah's anger will be upon him وَلَعَنَهُ And Allah's curse will be upon him وَأَعَدَّ لَهُ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And Allah has prepared for him a grievous and great punishment May Allah protect us إخوان فيه Look at the consequences of taking a believer's life Look at the consequences This is something that must be avoided Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith of Anas when he was asked about or when he was telling us about the major sins he included among it killing unjustly. When he was talking about the seven destructive sins the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that among them is killing unjustly. This is something that we must be very careful about and this is something that we must teach our children that life is sacred, life has meaning We cannot take it. And ikhwani fillah, what we have today in the midst of our societies is a kind of the opposite of that. And people, uh, this is why you have lots of young men joining gangs where they will then participate in killing. And they think that this is something that is fine. But what you need to understand, ikhwani fillah, is that killing is a doorway to kufr and disbelief. And the Prophet said in a hadith, and this hadith is in Bukhari, uh, The person, the believer, will be at ease with regards to his religion as long as he does not shed haram blood. What is haram blood? Haram blood is the blood of a believer and the blood of a non-believer that is a non-combatant. So, This, this includes most people today. Most people today. Muslim, non-Muslim alike. You cannot take another life. It doesn't matter if you're angry or not. Wasn't Qabil angry at his brother? Didn't he feel anger? Didn't he feel envy? It doesn't matter. You're not allowed to take another life. And if you do, it has severe consequences in dunya and in akhirah. So the person's faith and religion is protected As long as he does not shed blood. And this is, and you can easily see that from the verse we just read, from those who shed blood. Allah mentioned so many different punishments for them. So, and also in Yawm Al-Qiyamah, it is, uh, some of the explanation of this hadith is that you are upon good as long as you meet Allah tomorrow without having spilled blood that you were not allowed to spill. Because you are in deep trouble if you did. Or if you helped, or if you encouraged. And another thing that you have to understand, is sometimes you might not be the one that will um, kill the person, but if you had any type of involvement in there, then you share in the sin. You share in the sin. And this is very, we have to be very careful. We need to discourage 
our youth from glorifying death and killing and murder and all that stuff that they are busy with. And some people blame it on the types of movies that are being watched or the types of games that are being played. But at the end of the day, إخوان في الله, we need to instill iman within our youth and belief and an understanding of the consequences of their actions. And subhanAllah, this, this goes for everyone. The oppressive rulers that are massacring their subjects or the people that are killing themselves or killing others, any type of taking of a life is something that is considered a major sin in Islam and must be avoided. Lest you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that. And ikhwanifillah, what are some of the consequences of taking a life unjustly? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran a concept known as qasas or qasas, which is that there will be a penalty that is paid. And this is why uh, among the times where there is a just cause for taking a life, if it's that individual took a life. So this is why within Islam we have the death penalty for those who kill. For those who kill, they will be killed. And this is also uh, from the sharia of the people that came before us. And it is the sharia or the law within the Muslims as well. If one person kills someone, then he is deserving to be killed. And that's not necessarily always the case. Uh, the general rule is, if someone is convicted for murder, within Islam, three things will happen. Because the person that kills someone else, he has committed a sin with regards to Allah, he has oppressed the person he killed, and he has also oppressed the person he's killed's family. So there's three parties involved here. With regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person must make sincere tawbah. But that tawbah, it does not uh, solve the problem of the oppression that was done on the person that was killed or the person's family. Which is why, uh, from an Islamic legal perspective, what will happen is, if the murderer is convicted, and of course there is a due process, there is an investigation, if the person is convicted of murder, he's caught, then three things will either happen. Number one, the person then will be given the death penalty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاصِ حَيَاتٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that with regards to qisas, a life for a life, within this is the preservation of life because it will discourage the criminals from killing when they know that the penalty is so high. When they know that the penalty is so high, this will discourage people from killing indiscriminately. But Allah also mentions that with the family of the deceased, they have the option to receive a compensation for their loved one. And if that compensation is paid, then the person is not killed. The murderer then is not, doesn't receive death penalty. And subhanAllah, there's a third option, which is forgiving the perpetrator. And this is also option, an option that exists. And if they forgive him, and then that's also something that can be done. And these are generally the three steps. The, the, the penalty of death, or the, uh, the compensation to the family, or the, uh, the forgiving and then the person is left alone. But that's not the case for the hereafter though. In Yawm Al-Qiyamah, the Prophet mentioned in a hadith that the person that was killed, now imagine anyone that killed someone else. Where are you going to go on Day of Judgment? The Prophet told us that the person that was murdered will hold on to the one that killed him and will say, Oh Allah, ask him, why did he kill me? Oh Allah, ask him, why did he kill me? And subhanAllah, then to burden that sin, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَوَّلُ مَا يُقْضَى بِهِ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ الدِّمَاءِ 
the first thing that will be judged between the people on the day of judgment will be blood. Those who killed one another, those who injured one another. Which is interesting. What is the first thing generally that is asked about the person on the day of judgment is your prayer. So the first thing that Allah will ask you personally about is your prayer. But the first thing that will Allah judge with regards to the people and what they've done to each other is the dima, the bloodshed. And that will be dealt with. And everyone will get what they are owed. Everyone will get what they are owed because Allah is the most just. So, stay away from killing unjustly or anything that is close to it. Ikhwani fillah. Tayyib. So, we mentioned uh, that the sin of killing a believer, Allah mentioned in Surah An-Nisa, it has such a severe consequence. The anger of Allah, Allah's curse being upon you, the punishment, subhanallah. And the Prophet said in a hadith, The insulting of the Muslim is fusuq, is a great wrongdoing, is a transgression. Fighting him and killing him is uh, amounts to disbelief. Now the scholars they say this is minor disbelief, meaning it doesn't take you out of the fold of Islam, but it's such a major sin. And the Prophet in the day where he gave the lecture or the khutbah, al-wada'a, the farewell speech, he said, do not turn disbelievers after me, striking each other's necks, killing each other. So the Prophet discouraged this and he warned us about this. This should not be done. The Prophet ﷺ in another hadith, he talked about the killing of the non-Muslim, that the innocent non-Muslim, the non-combatant, the mu'ahad, the, the one who has a peace agreement with the Muslims, meaning most people today, that we're living peacefully among one another. The Prophet said, Man qatala mu'ahidan. Whoever kills such a person, lam yajid reeh al-jannah, lam yajid araf al-jannah. He will not find or have the fragrance of paradise. Subhanallah. If you kill an innocent non-Muslim, then you will not even smell the fragrance of paradise. And the Prophet said, you can smell the fragrance of paradise 40 years away from it. So from this hadith we learn that we are not allowed to kill in any innocent life, any innocent life, and Allah spoke about in the Quran, the innocent life, whether it's a Muslim, whether it's a non-Muslim, uh, old, young, it doesn't matter. In fact, in Surah Al-Takwir, Allah mentions, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about a custom that the pagan Arabs had. And the pagans Arab, they had this disgusting culture and custom where one would be ashamed of having a daughter. And subhanallah, look at how Islam reformed them. Now, among the most honorable things one can have is a daughter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised, or the Prophet has promised, those who raise their daughters properly and, uh, and into adulthood, in an Islamic environment, giving them their haqq, taking care of them, that this will be a reason for them to enter paradise. And this is how Islam elevated them when the pagan Arabs had turned them into something to be ashamed of, to the point where they would commit female infanticide. And they would bury them. And Allah says on the day of judgment, the day of justice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask, سُئلت, When the one who was buried was killed, will be asked, For what sin were you killed? What was your crime for you to be killed? So there will be people that are held accountable. People will answer for their misdeeds with regard to taking a life unjustly. And we mentioned about the Muslim life, the non-Muslim life, generally how Allah discusses it and says, killing 
an innocent soul or the soul without just cause is among the major sins, ikhwani fillah. Um, so among the things that we must understand is that we talked about killing others and transgressing uh, uh, upon the rights of others by taking their life, by hurting them. Within our religion you will find that it doesn't just tell you something is haram, it closes the avenues that might lead to it. If you reflect upon the story of Qabil, what led to him killing his brother? Envy, jealousy, resentment, anger, these are all attributes that Islam prohibits and that you must fight, you must not have, right? And this is very dangerous. Do not envy your Muslim brothers and sisters, do not envy anyone. It is unhealthy psychologically, it is not good for you, and you should not have those type of qualities that will lead. Another one is that we are highly encouraged to not carry resentment for each other. We should not carry resentment for each other. If you have a problem with someone, you should deal with it. Don't carry a little bubble to the point where you want to kill someone. These avenues must be closed. Rasulullah prohibited playfully pointing weaponry at each other. And the Prophet actually said the one who points a sword, a knife, something dangerous to another a person, then the angels will curse that person until he stops. Why is the Prophet telling us this? Why are we told we're not allowed to do this? Because it can lead to someone losing his life just like that. And this goes whether you're pointing a playfully at a gun at some. Because we have to close the avenues that might lead to this major sin. And from the uh, objectives of our religion is to protect life. To protect life. Uh, subhanallah. So, this is very important to understand that one does not graduate from killing someone. You graduate slowly towards it. Maybe you assault someone. Assaulting someone is not allowed in Islam. The most the Muslim is the one whom the people are safe from his mouth and his hand. So, my brothers, it is very important to understand this, this great objective of our religion, which is to protect and give sanctity to life. And it's very important that we understand the consequences of taking someone else's life. It is such a major sin. The Prophet counted it upon the seven destructive sins, among the most major of major sins. Allah spoke about in the Quran. Allah told us about the consequences of it, that the day of judgment, you will not want to be among those whom are being held accountable for taking another person's life. Among the ways that nowadays people might commit such sin is the sin of abortion. Sisters that are aborting the life that Allah is creating within them. Now whether that is, whether someone regrets it or not, in the end of the day, especially in the later terms, if you abort a child, you have taken an innocent life that you were not allowed to take. This is why within Islam, it's very clear, this is haram, and you're not allowed to do this, and you will be held accountable on the judgment for doing so. Uh, if there is uh, a medical reason for it, and doctors are consulted, and these are specific cases, but the general reason why people abort children, I don't know how to raise it, or I don't have the funds to raise it. How different are you from the pagan Arabs that killed their children because they were afraid of raising them? How different are you? They killed them once they were born. And they realize, you know what, there's another mouth to feed, it's difficult, let me kill it. Or the sister, or the family that decides together, let's have an abortion, because we cannot raise. Knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the razaq, and the sin there, 
my sisters and brothers, is of course of two natures. One is the taking of the innocent life, but also the distrust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's capability of taking care of someone. Right? Allah is the caretaker, He's the Rabb, He's the Razak, He's the provider. And this is why this was a custom that was done and Allah spoke about it in the Quran as among the major sins as well. So let's all fear Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from those that choose to harm us. We ask Allah to protect us from harming others and to keep us safe and to make us of those that meet Him tomorrow without having blood in their hands. Ikhwanifillah, we need, we need to understand how important it is. And I want to give this last point, which is we do have a problem within the Muslim communities of people misunderstanding and misinterpreting the religion, thinking they are allowed to take any life they want, which is why you have people that are bombing and committing terrorism, they will be held accountable. You are not allowed to take an innocent life, no matter what background or what religion uh, they have. And this is clear from the talk that we had and how the Prophet spoke about it and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about it. Taking another soul, another life unjustly is among the most gravest and the most serious sin and people will be held accountable on the day of judgment. May Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectify our sins and make us of those that enter paradise and meet him without having blood in their hands. Jazakumullah khair. Wa akhru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.